Hello, welcome back to the Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I'm going to be talking about the NBA offseason. The NBA offseason is coming to a close, so I want to discuss what happened in the NBA draft, what happened in free agency, just basically everything that happened in the NBA offseason because it was a, a really good offseason this year. Um, I thought free, free agency was a lot more fun um, and a lot more hectic than I was expecting. I thought the draft was great. Uh, so I want to talk about it. Let's get started talking about the NBA draft. I thought the draft this year was amazing. Um, I enjoyed doing some work for it. I didn't get to do as much work with the draft this year as I did last year. Um, I, last year I did a, I did a whole draft guide for it. Um, I didn't do that this year. Um, but I knew, I knew a lot of the players in the draft. I knew a majority of them. Um, I knew a little bit about them, but I, I didn't go in depth on the film on all these players. Um, but I had some opinions on a few guys. And number one, you know, Kane, the Detroit Pistons took Cade Cunningham. That's a great pick. I think Cade is going to be a, a franchise player in the NBA. I think uh, he has a chance to be an all-NBA caliber player. Um, I would be shocked if he was a bust in the NBA. Um, I think he's going to be an all-star. Uh, just his, his position, like the role he'll play, his archetype, and the skills that he has... Um, it's tailor-made for the modern NBA. I mean, he's, he's a 6'8", 220-pound wing-slash-guard. He's like a, a, a point-forward. Um, he can handle the ball, shoot at a high level. He's a, an excellent three-level scorer, a great finisher, but he's also a very good passer. And I think he's a really good defender as well. Um, so he's the whole package. Not a great athlete. Sure, his handling can get loose at times, uh, but... The weaknesses in his game are just, they are not major issues. I think, um, like, I think that his handle's going to get tighter in the pros. Um, you know, I think his size, his length, his just functional strength will make him a very good finisher, despite not having great athleticism. Um, so I think this was a home run pick for the Pistons. I love that he was easily the best player in the class, in my opinion. Uh, I think Evan Mobley, I think I, if I were the Pistons, I would have considered taking Mobley number one. Uh, I would have at least, you know, done my due diligence looking at possibly taking Evan Mobley number one overall. Uh, but Kane Cunningham, I would have taken him number one overall 100 times out of 100. He's a stud. And should be a star in the NBA. Now, number two, the Houston Rockets took Jalen Green, who play, who did not play in college. He played for the G League Ignite this year. Um, a very good player, excellent scorer, elite scorer. Um, his pro at his scoring profile was incredible in the G League. Um, he was extremely productive. Playing against professionals as a teenager, that's extremely impressive. Um, I think he's a bit one-dimensional as a player. Uh, I don't think he provides high-level playmaking or defense. Um, but his off-ball defense has improved. Um, I think he has the potential to be a, a good passer at the next level. I just don't think he's there yet. But the scoring's there. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete. Um, I like the pick. I would have taken Evan Mobley ahead of Jalen Green. I just think what Evan Mobley provides defensively, um, it, it makes him more valuable or, or will make him more valuable in the long run than Jalen Green. But Jalen Green is a tremendous player. Excellent prospect. I think he'll fit really well next to Kevin Porter Jr. I like the pick. I think it was fine, but I would have preferred 
tanking Evan Mobley ahead of Jalen Green. Uh, so do I love the pick? No. Do I hate it? Absolutely not. I think it's a fine pick. Uh, but I, I do think Evan Mobley would have been the better selection because I have I I think Evan Mobley is going to be a star. Um, and, and let's go ahead and talk about him because the Cleveland Cavaliers selected him with the third overall pick. And I think that's a, a steal right there. Getting Evan Mobley at three, that's incredible value. Evan Mobley is a seven is a seven footer from USC. Um, he's a center, um, just a tremendous athlete, excellent defender. I think he provides def- defensive versatility. I mean, he can play every every kind of pick and roll coverage. He's a great rim protector. Um, I think offensively, he's extremely gifted there. He's a very good ball handler for a big, a phenomenal passer for a big man. Um, and I think he's going to be a good scorer, good scorer down low. There's some shooting potential with him. Um, he needs to get bigger. He's really skinny right now. Um, and that uh, affected his ability to rebound at a high level in college. Um, but he's going to get bigger uh, in the NBA. He's going to get stronger, and if he if he just gets bigger, um, like and, and, and I think he will, um, but if he gets bigger, I think he's going to be a star. I think he's going to be an all-star cal- caliber player, um, and I think he's going to be um, a supercharged version of Rudy Gobert. Like, Rudy Gobert is a defensive specialist, tremendous defender, um, and, he, and he provides a lot of value new to his defense. But I think Evan Mobley can can do that, but he's more versatile defensively um, and is a much better offensive player, more scalable uh, due to his passing um, and his ability to handle the ball. Evan Mobley's going to be a star. He's a unicorn type of player, and I love this pick for the Cavaliers. This is a special pick. And now the Cavs have a really good young core. I mean, they got uh, Evan Mobley. They have Darius Garland. They have um, Jared Allen, uh, who Colin Sexton. They got a, a nice young squad, and th- they're going to be a fun team to watch moving forward. Uh, here's where things got a little bit interesting. And number four, the Toronto Raptors went with Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs. Reports prior to the draft were that they were going to take Jalen Suggs. That that was the guy they had keyed in on. That obviously wasn't the case. Um, I don't, I think this is a, a bit high for Scotty Barnes. I love what Scotty Barnes provides in terms of his defense and his passing at that, at that size, but he's not a great scorer. He can't shoot the ball right now. Um, so I worry about his role offensively in the NBA. Uh, but man, does this give the Raptors, um, a good, a good young core of guys who are extremely good defensively. And they got OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. That team is going to be tremendous on defense. So I like that. That, Their defense is going to be fun to watch. Um, I would not, I would not have taken Scotty Barnes ahead of Jalen Suggs, especially considering that they knew that they were going to lose Kyle Lowry. I think Suggs would have been a very good replacement. Um, so I don't love that pick. Um, it's an interesting fit and I like, I like what he's going to do for that defense. I just don't think this is a great value pick, but shout out to the Orlando Magic because I think they were one of the biggest winners in this year's draft because at number five, they got Jalen Suggs. And at number eight, they got Franz Wagner. Now, these are excellent picks. I love what they did. What they did is they got talented young players 
And that's what everyone should be doing. Every in the draft, you should be look you should be drafting players uh, who are young and skilled. And that's what the Magic did. And I'm so glad that they didn't go after guys like Jonathan Kaminga, um, Davion Mitchell, um, who are other guys that are young, like Zaire Williams. I'm glad they didn't go for that home run swing with guys who have high upside. When you can get other guys who also have uh, who also have high upside, but are also young and talented, and that's what they did. Jalen Suggs is a really good point guard prospect. Um, he's an excellent guard defender. He's a good athlete. Um, he can get to the rim. He's a good passer. The shooting needs to come along, um, but I think he's got the potential to be a good shooter. I, I think he's got shooting versatility. I thought he was the fourth best player in the class. I love this pick for them. Um, just a really good value at five. And then Franz Wagner at eight. That is really good value. I like what he can do on the wing. Um, he's not a great shooter right now, but he's an excellent rebounder, a really good defender. He can attack closeouts. He's a good passer. Um, I think the shooting will come along. Um, in the NBA, I don't think he's ever going to be a good shooter. I think he can be solid. Um, I just think like, he's so good all around. Um, he's a good two-way player. Um, and supposedly he's 6'11 right now, um, and that's great size. Uh, needs to get a little, a little bit bigger, but I like Franz Wagner. Loved his film, loved his uh, analytical profile. This was an, a, an excellent pick at number 8. Um, there were some more interesting picks, like Josh Giddey at 6. Um, that was an interesting pick. I, I was not expecting that, but he's a good... Uh, a good young, tall playmaker. Doesn't provide much else on offense. Not a great shooter. Wasn't a great scorer in the NBL. But that size and the playmaking at his size um, and, and his age is really, really exciting. Jonathan Kaminga at 7. Don't love the pick. Kaminga is just really raw right now. And I don't see the upside that everyone else does. I, I think, you know, what he can do um, with his size... And at his age, it's nice, but I, I just don't think he has a really good, really high feel for the game. I think his feel for the game is not that good. He is extremely raw. I just don't think he was worth the seventh overall pick in the draft. That's my opinion. I hope he proves me wrong. I think he would have been better picking at 14. If I were them, I would have picked either Franz Wagner or Moses Moody at seven. So I don't love that pick. Um, are there any other interesting picks? Moses Moody at 14 was a really good selection. Um, I, he should not have gone, this, he should not have gone this low. Um, Moses Moody is an excellent prospect. Uh, he, he can shoot, he can defend, uh, he's got some creation equity, he can shoot off the dribble a bit. I like that. Uh, Joshua Primo was one of the most surprising picks in the draft. He went at 12, which, I, I, I mean, I don't want to sound like a hater, and, and I don't want to be disrespectful, but I just don't love this pick at all. Not good value. Primo, he, he's young, um, got got decent size, um, he can shoot the ball. Um, his shooting ability for his age is really impressive, um, and he can create a little bit. I just don't think his game was well-rounded enough to be worth picking this high. 
Um, like Chris Duarte was probably a, a little bit better of a prospect um, than he was. He went lower. Moses Moody was definitely a better prospect. So was Corey Kispert. Um, there were other guys that I thought were just much better prospects and were worth taking above him. Um, so I didn't love that pick. Uh, Davion Mitchell went in the top 10. I did not expect him to. I thought he was going to end up falling outside the top 10, um, but the Kings ended up taking him. I don't love that pick at all. Um, and not because of any, uh, and not because I have anything against Davion Mitchell. I am lower on Mitchell as a prospect. Um, but I think my biggest issue with this pick is the fit. Because they have De'Aaron Fox. They have Tyrese Halliburton. How is Davion Mitchell going to fit in there? He's going to come off the bench as a rookie. And he's 22 years old. Um, he is a very good guard defender. He can attack the basket. Um, but I worry about the shooting and how it's going to translate. Because he wasn't a very good free throw shooter in college. So the shooting projection wasn't great for him. Um, it was actually fine because he took such a high volume of threes in college. Um, I just don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna provide um, enough value to be worth this pick because I like you can't really play him with Tyrese Halliburton and Darren Fox because he's six two like he's a smaller guard um, and Tyrese Halliburton can't play the three. I just don't know how how this is gonna work. Um, I don't love the fit, um, and I just don't. I don't think he he uh, as a prospect was worth the ninth overall pick. Um, and I think this is even more true considering his fit on the Kings. So I don't love this pick. Um, anything else interesting? I'm looking at I'm looking at the draft here. What else happened? Uh, Jalen Johnson at 20. I was really excited about that as a Hawks fan. Loved that pick. I thought that was excellent value. Jalen Johnson is a, a very good passer. Um, I love his his defense um, at that size. Really impressive. He shot the ball really well in college, albeit on low volume. Didn't shoot well from the free throw line, but I think he has some shooting potential, some um, due to how well he shot the three ball uh, in college. Trayman going at 18, I thought was really good value. I like Trayman a lot. Love his shot creation equity. Love his shooting ability. I think he has upside as a playmaker. Um, anything, Alperin Singoon going 16, I thought that was pretty good value. Um, his analytical profile was awesome. He's a very good passer. Um, his, his, his footwork in the post is excellent. Um, so I think that's good value. And he ended up going to the Houston Rockets in a trade. Um, Zaire Williams going top 10 was really interesting. He did not have a very good analytical profile. He struggled uh, during his freshman season at Stanford, but he provide, he had some shot creation equity. He was he had a very good pre-college sample. Um, so and, and I think he went to a, 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 I like the fit there in Memphis. Um, I love their scouting department. I think they're going to develop him. So hopefully he reaches his ceiling. Um, and I think he went to a great team where he's able to do that. Um, I love the Jaden Springer pick by the Philadelphia 76ers. Getting him at 28 was, was a steal. Um, and, and they just continue to hit home runs in the draft. They did it last year with Tyrese Maxey. They did it again with Jaden Springer. I love this pick. Another pick that I really liked in the back end of the first round was Cameron Thomas. Thomas is an excellent scorer. He's a very good shooter. Doesn't provide much else, but what he does provide as a scorer at his age, along with the shooting ability, 
I mean, that's just special, and I think he should have gone a lot higher than 27. He was probably a top 20 player in this class. Um, I just think the scoring was so good. Um, and getting him at 27 was a steal from the Nets, in my opinion. Uh, another guy I want to talk about is Sharif Cooper, who ended up going number 48 overall to my Atlanta Hawks. As a Hawks fan, I was so freaking happy on draft night that we got Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. Both guys were worth taking at pick number 20. I wanted Sharif Cooper at 20, but I would I also was okay taking Jalen Johnson at 20. He was another guy I wanted the Hawks to consider with the 20th pick. We took him at 20, then Sharif Cooper fell to us at 48. I think Sharif Cooper was arguably one of the top 10 players in the class. He's an, a really good athlete. I love his first step. I love the passing ability. The creation equity is off the charts. If he improves as a shooter, which I think he can because the touch he displayed on law passes, uh, on, from the free throw line, on floaters, I think he can become a, a, a good three-point shooter. And if he does that, he is going to be an excellent player in the NBA. I don't know how he'll develop playing behind Trey Young because uh, he's not going to get many reps with the first-team offense. Uh, but I just thought that was excellent value for the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm really proud. Uh, I'm really happy with what the Hawks did in the draft. Um, they did a great job, and, I, and I'm happy with what we did. We got two steals, and we arguably got the most value in the draft. Um, so shout out to them. That was amazing. Now let's move on to NBA free agency. There's a few teams I want to talk about. Uh, starting off with the Lakers. So, prior to the draft, the Lakers traded for Russell Westbrook. And when they did that, I was a bit confused um, about the fit. Because pairing Russell Westbrook with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that's just not a great fit, considering the spacing. Um, so, I was like, I didn't love the trade because of that. Because I didn't think the fit was that good. But, the Lakers made a lot of great moves in free agency. They signed Malik Monk. They signed Kendrick Nunn. They signed uh, Carl Ma- Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Wesley Matthews. They got a t- and they also re-signed Taylor Horton Tucker. They signed a lot of guys to improve their spacing, and I think they have an excellent team now. They got three star level players who can attack the basket and pass. Um, and both LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Davis is an elite defender. LeBron, um, when he tries. Can, can is a good defender. Russell Westbrook, not so much. Um, but both LeBron and Russell Westbrook both can attack the basket and pass. Um, LeBron can shoot a little bit. He, he, he can provide some spacing. Um, and you surround them with shooters. That, that team has a chance to be really, really good. Um, so I like what they did in the offseason. I love the moves they did uh, to make that trade work. Shout out to the Lakers front office. They did some excellent things in free agency. I also want to talk about the Bulls because the Bulls were extremely active. Um, They got Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso along with uh, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, They signed Alex Caruso to a three-year deal worth $37 million. What an excellent deal. That's a steal. Um, and they didn't have to pay him much at all, $9 million annually. That's a steal for Alex Caruso, who was an elite defender last year. He played a, a big a big role in the Lakers winning a championship in 2020. Um, just 
Uh, an excellent signing from them. I love what he provides defensively. He can come off the bench. He can shoot and play good defense. And getting that for $9 million is really good, especially considering he is 27 years old. So I thought that was an excellent contract. Then they got Alonzo Ball in a signing trade, signed him to a four-year, $85 million contract. I believe that was the contract. Actually, let me look at that. Let me make sure that's right. Um, because that actually might not be what the contract was. Look at, let me look in this free agency tracker. Uh, come on, CBS. Let's load this. All right, so... Yes, Lonzo Ball deal was a four-year, $85 million deal. I like that. I think Lonzo fits really well next to Zach Levine because he's a good a good shooter. He's a very good passer um, and an above-average defender. Um, and he can play off the ball, doesn't need the ball in his hands. Um, and, he, and he's young. He's 23 years old. I think he fits in extremely well next to Zach Levine um and 20 million dollars or it's like 22 and a half million dollars I think um is what he's getting paid annually I love that um maybe it's a slight overpay but it's not like that much of an overpay in my opinion um I like that I love those two deals now I don't love the DeMar DeRozan deal they signed him to a three-year 85 million dollar deal so they're paying him a little bit less than $30 million a year. And this that move does make them better. Um, and it will make them more competitive uh, short, in the short term. But DeMar DeRozan is, is 32 years old. He can't... He, his skill set isn't, um, isn't great for someone playing off the ball. I don't think his skill set uh, will, uh, will allow the Bulls to maximize him off the ball. Which is what he'll do, considering Zach Levine is... Easily their number one option off, or their number one uh, guy, their number one perimeter creator, um, and so DeRozan's gonna be playing off the ball, but he, but he can't really shoot. He's not a good defender. He's a good scorer because he is a really good uh, mid-range shooter. Um, but the fact that he isn't a good defender and he's not a good shooter that hurts his value, in my opinion, especially considering that it will that it will he'll be playing off ball a lot. Um, and his track record in the playoffs over the last couple of years isn't very good. He gets worse in the playoffs. So I just don't think this was good value. If I were the GM, I would not have signed him to this contract. I think at the end of the day, um, they're just not going to get enough value out of this contract. Um, I, I like that the Bulls were being aggressive in free agency. I like that. I like that they're being aggressive. They're making moves to make this team better. That's excellent. And Bulls fans should be excited about that. Uh, but I think we can be honest about this deal. Um, and we can, you know, call it like it is. This deal is not a good call. It's not good in my opinion. I don't think DeMar DeRozan prov provides enough value uh, to be paying $85 million at this age. He's just not. Now, some team can do that. If I were the GM of the Chicago Bulls, I would not have done this deal. I would not have. I I'm lower on DeMar DeRozan as a player. And in today's NBA, I don't think he provides enough value playing in this role, which is off the ball. I don't think, I don't think like, in this role, he's not going to be maximized. Um, and he's not going to provide enough value. I think he's going to end up providing negative value from the Bulls, especially if they make the playoffs, uh, which he has proven time and time again to be worse uh, or to get to be a worse player in the playoffs than he is in, in the regular season. So 
I just don't love this contract at all. I would not have touched DeMar DeRozan. Um, I just don't think he provides positive impact in the modern NBA. That's just how I feel. Uh, but I do like what the Bulls did overall. They got better. Uh, they made some really good moves, getting bringing in Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. Uh, so I like what they did despite the DeMar DeRozan contract. Now, I want to talk about John Collins and, and him re-signing with the Atlanta Hawks on a five-year, $125 million deal. Um, shout out to John Collins. My man got paid. Uh, so shout out to him. I'm happy for him. He got paid. As a Hawks fan, I'm not happy because we're paying him $125 million, which comes out, let me do the math here. Let me do the math. So that's, let me bring up my calculator on my phone. So that is $125 million over five years. That's $25 million a year. And I just don't think that's good value because here's what John, John Collins is as a player. And I've talked about this before. And I'm going to talk about it again today. Here's what John Collins is as a player. He He's a, a, a good, a efficient three-point shooter on low volume. He's someone who is an, a, a good role man, a good lob threat. Um, and that's pretty much it. He is a effective three-point shooter uh, who can be effective as a, as a role man, who's also a very good rebounder. But he's not a good defender. He is probably a, a slight negative on that end. Um, he's not a, a great floor spacer because he just simply doesn't shoot a high enough volume of threes to be a great floor spacer. Um, and he's not a good passer at all. Um, and his score, he is a good scorer. He's a very good scorer. But that, but what he does scoring-wise, he's not a great scorer, um, you know, away from, like, his scoring is as a result of uh, what Trey Young does as a creator. He benefits from the advantages that Trey Young creates. That's where his scoring comes from. And because of that, I don't think John Collins is worth $25 million a year, especially when you consider um, that he isn't a very good defender. He's not a good passer. Why are we paying him $25 million? And he got, in last year in the playoffs, or this past year in the playoffs, he got worse. He got worse from the regular season to the playoffs. His production dipped. His impact, his impact metrics were worse. He was a worse player in the playoffs. And there were times where he was a complete afterthought on offense. So I don't see how he was worth paying $25 million a year. Now, I'm glad we didn't pay him max money because he was definitely not worth max money. But with his skill set, I just don't think he's worth this this money. And I know a lot of Hawks fans disagree. Um, but I will die on this hill. I think Hawks fans are, are just delusional about John Collins. And I'm just going to say it. Like, I'm going to call a spade a spade. John Collins is not worth this money. Barring a change in skill set or barring a change in role on this team, he we are not going to get um, enough value out of this contract to make it worth it, in my opinion. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope John Collins proves me wrong because I want him to succeed. But I'm just, I'm just being brutally honest here. He is not worth... $125 million over five years. He's not. He's not that type of player. And I think this deal is going to hurt us more than it helps us. That's my opinion. And that's what I believe. Um, hopefully it proves me wrong. But that's how I feel about this deal. 
Now, let's talk, talk about some other deals before I head out. Uh, Kyle Lowry, he joined the Miami Heat on a three-year $90 million deal. I like this for the Heat. Uh, it improves their roster, makes them better. They're going to be a really good playoff team next year, in my opinion. I think they should be. Chris Paul, he agreed to a four-year $120 million deal uh, to co- go back to the Phoenix Suns. Now, uh, the numbers on this contract seem outlandish, but... Uh, I've seen the year-by-year numbers. It's actually a very good deal for the Phoenix Suns. And the fourth year isn't guaranteed. So the contract is actually a lot better than you think. I like that the Suns are bringing him back. This is a good contract. Um, let's see, what other deals? Okay, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's going to the, the Washington Wizards on a three-year $62 million deal to replace Russell Westbrook. I like that a lot. Uh, Duncan Robinson, he's going back to the Miami Heat. Uh, Devontae Graham, he went to the New Orleans Pelicans on a four-year, $47 million deal. I like that. He's not as good as Lonzo Ball, but I like the shooting, and I think he'll be a good fit next to Zion Williamson. Uh, Garrett Allen, he re-signed with the, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers on a five-year, $100 million deal. Uh, it'll be interesting to see um, that fit next to Evan Mobley. I think it'll work out. Maybe a slight overpay, uh, but that's a solid deal. Uh, Kelly Oubre, he went to the Charlotte Hornets on a two-year, $25 million deal. I like that. Kemba Walker went to the New York Knicks on a eight million on a one-year, $8 million deal after being bought out by the Thunder. I like this deal for the for the Knicks. The Knicks weren't super active in free agency, uh, but I like this deal. Uh, it makes them better. It gives them someone who can create off the dribble, which they needed. That's something they needed. Um, I like his fit. Uh, I think he'll he'll take a bit of the load off Julius Randle, which is great. So I really like this deal uh, for the New York Knicks. And let's see, are there any other deals that are worth mentioning? Really. Uh, not that I'm seeing. We're still waiting on Kawhi Leonard to be re-signed. He has reportedly agreed to a deal. That deal has not been announced yet, uh, so it's not official, uh, but he is expected, uh, to go back to the, to the Los Angeles Clippers, which is no surprise, but yeah. So, that's everything that happened in the offseason. Um, this was an excellent offseason. It was fun. Um, the free agency was fun. Uh, the draft was awesome. Uh, let me know your thoughts on social media. You can uh, you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at the Ryan McCrary. That's the R Y A N M C C R A R Y. If you want to see more content from me, uh, you can check out my website. That's thewiresports.com. You can also check out uh, my YouTube channel, uh, The Wire. Um, and if you want to, you know, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to hear uh, the audio version of this podcast, uh, you can check that out on Spotify and Apple Podcast uh, at The Wire Podcast. So uh, that's all I have for y'all today. I hope y'all enjoyed that, and I will see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>